Welcome to the Violinist podcast. In the last interview with Janusz Wawrowski, we were talking about importance to be not just violin player, but to be an artist and a musician. And today I'm very happy to introduce to you great artist and amazing musician, principal conductor and music director of the orchestra of the Solistes Europeans in Luxembourg, Christoph König. Hello, Christoph. Hi, Maxim. Nice to talk to you now in this not easy times. Yes. How long you already working at Solistes Europeans as chief conductor and music director? Uh, I think I've been working in Luxembourg now for 10 years. And at the beginning, it started as a project where I could do things I couldn't do elsewhere. Because you know that I have a career as a... Uh, as a guest conductor with with uh, with uh, big and well-known orchestras everywhere basically but i also was principal principal conductor and music director of uh, of big symphony orchestras and the soliste européen luxembourg they are a smaller orchestra in 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 term, terms of musicians like we play with six eight or ten first violins depending on the program Um, so at the beginning, it was for me like a musical spin-off where I could have my toys, yeah. uh, my musical toys, and I could do uh, also a bit more experimental programming than, like you know, when they invite me in the states, uh, I usually do Beethoven five or Beethoven three or perhaps Shostakovich five and uh, and perhaps a Mahler first, uh, and then that's the end of the discussion. Yeah. Yeah, you find you very often find some uh, interesting pieces which have not been performed before. How how do you find them usually? They and they are very good also. Yeah, I, um, Maxim, I'm very glad you say this because you know there is unknown repertoire which is very bad. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a reason why the unknown repertoire is very unknown because uh, we wanted to forget it. Uh, But I believe that uh, that human beings are also a bit. Uh, how can I say? We are very simple, you know. Our our brain is very simple. It's very. It's like like five hundred thousand years ago. We uh, if we know something, then we we stick to it, you know. And at some point, there was a musician with the name of Ludwig van Beethoven, and he was so extremely better than many of the rest. Mm-hmm that we want to hear only Beethoven symphonies nowadays. And I understand that, which is because it's fantastic music. It's very difficult to be beaten. But um, I also think that you can only, if you, if you eat lobster every day, Yeah, you are smiling now. I see you on the video, even if I don't hear you on the podcast. If you eat lobster every day, the lobster becomes, uh, uh, yeah, like spinach or potatoes. So I think you shouldn't, you shouldn't offer or eat lobster every day. All right. Yes. <laughs> oh. Wait a second. Some dog. <laughs> well, if if we are talking about uh, Beethoven and classical music, um, you know, if someone would ask me what kind of conductor you are, I would say that you have very good taste, first of all, and uh, your interpretations are 
quite classic and very energetic. I love it because I have a similar taste. But in a classical music world, many musicians believe that it is kind of old-fashioned way, because nowadays it's popular to play classic music in some unusual way, like Brahms Beethoven without vibrato or play a Cirillo where it's written Ritenuta and so on. What do you think about this? I, uh, when I, when I started as a musician, no, no, I would say not when I started as a musician because this was earlier, but when I started to be uh, successful as a conductor, uh, I, I asked myself, do I need a branding? Do, do I want to be uh, successful by being pigeonholed or branded as, say, the specialist for Berlioz symphonies, symphonies? And I said to myself and to my then agent, no, I don't want this. So I don't want to specialize into something which, uh, which is, yeah, which is fashionable or which is a cheap success. But you know, remember one thing: many of those fashionable things they come, they stay there for three years, and then they go. Yes. And even if I don't look very old and I'm not very old but I'm probably a bit older than people expect that I am um, and I'm already 20 years in the market which is good so I'm not that <laughs> and that is one thing the other thing is that I was always interested in in, in I'm a very deep musician you know I'm a muse musician 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 I'm not I'm not a show master I'm not a mm, I'm not interested in show Even if show is a part of our performance, and I think a bit of show is okay, uh, I'm not someone, uh, you know, for me, the pure musical uh, values are very important. And those pure musical values, they have very little to do with, uh, with, with yeah, no, it's the, it's the point, with overwhelming people or overcoming people in the musical uh, execution. This is me. This means also. It's again with a lobster issue. I have been thinking if now everything, everyone conducts like uh, or or executes the Beethoven symphonies like now we have the Theodor Kurenzis uh, fashion. Yes, okay. Yes. Uh, but before we had others. Uh, Roger Norrington was very much a la mode uh, ten years ago. Uh, you know they hammer through this repertoire like uh, there's no tomorrow, with yes. at a speed where even uh, a normal musician knows this is too and Maxim you know I'm a lover of faster tempi yeah in the Beethoven symphonies I'm always on the relatively fast side mm -hmm. but I I am uh, so deeply rooted in real music and to be honest I'm professional enough to know there is a limit on the violin or on the piano where mm. this doesn't make sense anymore it right. doesn't make sense and just for the sake of being spectacular and here comes it again if you try to be spectacular That can be spectacular on sh on the short short side on the short run. It can be spectacular for a week, for a month, for a year, but not for ten years. It cannot. Okay, this is just fishing for a quick. Um, how can I say fishing for a quick attention? And that is also our times because uh, I, I don't want to bother you. But uh, the Second World War is now very very long ago, and. When you have a very long period of, uh, how can I say, relatively well-being, uh, re yeah, of relative well-being, then uh, everything becomes a bit frivolous and a bit superficial. 
Like yeah. uh, there were times in the Roman Empire, I think it was 50 years after Christ. Mm -hmm. or less for 100 years but don't quote me because I'm not not a historian right. they had they had a relatively relative stability uh, no wars or at least not at a bit larger scale and mm -hmm. there was some sort of um, decadence decadence mm -hmm. people felt to secure everything was nice and so uh, I don't want another war don't mis misunderstand me I do not want another war but now if you go to the supermarket there are at least 20 toothpastes which compete against each other <laughs> now do you think the best toothpaste really wins the battle I I don't think so. I think it's it's the, it's the toothpaste which is which which catches your attention most immediately. Mm. And I think the same goes for classical musicians. You see the violin players, some of them who become very quickly very famous, not necessarily are the best. And some of the really good musicians not necessarily make a big career. Um, and when it comes together, then it's fantastic. Yeah, I find it similar to if we ta take time back to Mozart time or uh, Beethoven. There was a lot, a lot of fashionable composers who, uh, who whose music did not come to our year to nowadays. Yes, yes, yes. yes but you, you see this only after hundred years. What is uh, what is of real value? And when we, you well, probably are going to talk to me about the Beethoven symphonies, but um, so I don't say anything about this now. But uh, I still think that I, mm, when someone who has not played piano ever, so if you have it public who don't have a, any clue about the music, and then you start uh, speeding up and play everything in the double tempo, and it sounds very loud. And, and, and the first effect can be shocking and also uh, attention-catching. But I don't think it lasts. I don't mm. think it lasts. Even in a, in a normal human being's brain, in a normal public uh, attendant who, who, who might not, not have enough uh, or not uh, very much experience with classical music, I think they can distinguish. And... But yeah, I don't want to talk anymore. You have more questions. Yeah. Than yeah. Well, if uh, you said about Beethoven, you uh, you have uh, with uh, Solistes Europeans recorded all uh, symphonies of Beethoven and uh, overtures. And uh, in an interview with uh, Clyde Sahachi, concertmaster of the Solistes Europeans, we were talking actually about uh, differences in, in styles. For example, I also played in many different orchestras and the orchestra auditions and sometimes I hear this kind of feedbacks sorry you play Bach not in the style of our orchestra we prefer more baroque style or your Sibelius is not in the traditional Finnish style or other way around you're playing too much the Finnish way and it's funny because at the same time what we were talking about with Clyde there is orchestra like Solistes Europeans where people uh, different nationalities from different orchestras and the collectives are coming from all the Europe just for three days projects to Luxembourg and it blends so fantastically under your conducting that if you listen to this orchestra it sounds like a top world-class orchestra so what a magic 
you're doing? That's, uh, that's quite a question, to be honest, Maxime. Um, I find it interesting what... Uh, uh, Maxime, it's very serious now. I find it very interesting that you mentioned this. There's something I ca cannot answer because I have noticed myself. Um, usually, I am one who believes in the homogeneity of a uh, of an upbringing. I came from Saxony, and you know the Dresden Staatskapelle. And one of the reasons why the Staatskapelle was special was because most of them came from the from the same from the same area. You know, most of them were Saxons until let's say 20 years ago or so. Mm. Um, but probably I have to change my op opinion about this because I think they still sound like Dresden Staatskapelle and now they have many, many people coming from other places or even other countries. They are not as international as, say, I don't know, Boston Symphony Orchestra or Berlin Philharmonic. Mm -hmm. And they are this, these are other orchestras and special orchestras. But um, until very recently, I would have thought to have... A, special sound of an orchestra you need that everyone comes from a similar thinking or background or school or you know that in the Finnish orchestras are only, only Finns but this is of course um, not very intelligent to say yeah. um, I think uh, of course I, I really believe if you audition for an orchestra if, uh, if they take you they take you because you fit um, and I think this is okay. Um, there are only very few orchestras who um, have the balls okay. to accept someone who who is very different. And uh, sometimes I wonder whether this should be, because I think it's okay, because you also have to stay in this orchestra and have somehow, you know, have to survive. Mm. But back to Luxembourg, um, yeah, I feel something very similar, probably because I'm interested in beautiful sound and I'm interested in sound at all, you know, because nowadays you probably have noticed this in the orchestras, more in strings than in winds, but in strings, the sheer sound quality, this, the quality of the sound you produce as a string player within an orchestra suffers a lot. Mm -hmm. When you play alone, you have to clean this from all this, you know, sorry to say it, for all this shit you have in the symphony orchestras. You know, people not playing in, playing in tune, people not, not using uh, vibrato, or people not, not playing with the utmost intensity in their vibrato and the beauty of the sound. Why? Because when you sit on the fourth, fifth, sixth stand in a symphony orchestra in the second violence, as an example, you think it doesn't matter anymore. I don't think so. I think it does matter very much. I really believe it does matter very much. You should not do the dead mouse as soon as you start playing in, in a symphony orchestra. Uh, and I think that I think this way about sound somehow is felt by the orchestra in Luxembourg. People, I think they notice, even if I don't say it every day, at the other hand, why should I explain something to you? I don't know the answer. <laughs> uh, but I can only tell you what is important to me. For me, uh, the seriousness, the serious approach to the music and to the to the composer is important. For me, the sound quality is very important because this is very underestimated, even in very big orchestras nowadays. 
Um, and I think that is not just to polish the surface. For me, the sound quality has a philosophical and metaphoric sense also. For me, the sound is the spirit and the soul of the music. So its depth is the third dimension. And you hear nowadays orchestras, they, they sound square and they sound okay. They sound even clean. But I don't see and feel the soul, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. But uh, as many professional musicians listening to us, could you take, tell us, well, you said sound, of course, it's important for you, but what is the uh, criteria uh, you're using when you're choosing musicians to your orchestra? What qualities of musician are the most important for you? I personally do not uh, do not think that everyone has to be the same. I think you can have a beautiful sound, like in the first violence. We have one one person relatively often coming from from a well-known, well, from a famous orchestra in in the capital of France. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know he plays a bit different in in style. You know the French uh, French violin players; they are a bit more horizontal and. Uh, uh, and that he is not quite the same like uh, some people around him, I do not find the problem. Right. It can be a problem if you are the neighbor and, and don't go along very well with this. But uh, other than that, I think that can even soften the sound and make it more beautiful if, if you have one or two people in the, in the orchestra being a bit more horizontal than vertical. When I conduct American or, or, or UK orchestras, they are very vertical. You know, they are the most vertical musicians. They can play in the first, in the first rehearsal. They play as a contemporary piece without any mistake, and they are vertically together always. Now, does this come at an expense? At an expense? Yes, I think so. It comes at an expense. I don't think that a violin player necessarily has to be a rhythmical idiot. Yeah. Okay. I think violin players in general have a bit this tendency to say, well, I, I don't care about the rhythm. The beauty of the sound is most important. I don't think, I think this is laziness and also a lack of intelligence. But uh, uh, it doesn't have to be like this. But if I have to choose whether rhythm, I mean, I'm a very rhythmic person, okay? But, uh, uh, but the sound quality in, a, in an orchestra gives, gives another dimension to everything. So that's basically, that's basically my concept. And, and yeah, other than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I can make up a conclusion that uh, for uh, and I also think this way that for you it's uh, much more important uh, what kind of musician someone is than uh, some technical yes. qualities. Yes. Yes. Well, well, open, well, open, yeah. open, open-minded, interested in the things. Um, uh, yeah, open-minded open-minded not becoming a bureaucrat you know you when you sit in a symphony orchestra for 20 or 30 years it is not easy 
You know, I don't, uh, you know, I could become very cynical now because I've conducted many of those orchestras. You know, I see the faces, those switched off faces at the rear of, of the first violence, you know, where, they, where you know, you, you say something to them and they think, well, go fuck yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, uh, but it's not because they have become cynical because they are cynical people. They become, they can become cynical or disappointed or frustrated because they think that it doesn't matter mm. whilst I believe it does matter you know and it's very difficult you sit in the first violence for 30 fucking years <laughs> and and there is no way to grow and you sit in position number 16 for yeah. 30 years yeah that's true so when you are 27 and get the position, you are happy, happy, happy. And then you see those people after three years and so they start looking exactly like the neighbor who is 63. Yeah. They walk on stage exactly with the same attitude. And, and I think it does, this does not have to be like this. It does not have to be like this. But I find it very difficult for if you are, and also, you know, the pressure, the peer pressure in an orchestra, that's not easy. It's not easy. You sit next to someone you might not even like, and you have to make beautiful music with this person, and you have to give everything. How is this possible? It's mm. not easy. It's not easy. So, but uh, yeah, I don't believe that musicians have to be alike in our orchestra in Luxembourg. I think everyone has to be open-minded and still being interested. And as we are playing only six to seven to maximum eight concerts per season, we don't get that bored of each other that easily. Yeah, if we're talking about bored, uh, there is also very good atmosphere in this orchestra. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what has the biggest impact on the atmosphere in the orchestra? Well, I, I think everyone is happy that, that we are together and everyone is happy when we go away after three or four days. You know, that's probably the basis. Then there is some spirit in the orchestra. Uh, I, uh, if I knew everything, I, I would probably be much wiser. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know. It's probably that we are happy to see each other, but it's not too much, you know. We don't reach this, this, uh, this moment of saturation where where everything is too much. You know, where you have lobster every every day during yeah. during ten years. Mm. That's yeah. true. That's true. Well, uh, in this tough coronavirus times, how are you dealing with this whole situation? On a personal level, I'm doing well. I have more time for my family which is beautiful and I do not belong to the musicians or in this case I have to say more conductors um, who cannot do anything else than conducting or making music I, I, I can I'm happy for instance I, I play much more piano now I have much more time to practice piano and for me to stay to stay alive as a musician is very important you know, to have to deal with technical issues every day. This is very healthy. <laughs> I, I even found out other technical issues I didn't, I didn't notice uh, when I was 20 I had. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, mm. For me, it's interesting to find out how, how the brain, how, how aiming, aiming in the right direction can help the result. Mm. 
for instance, when you have at the piano, you have those long jumps, you know, uh, jumps to the left, let's say, you have an octave on the left hand and you have to jump a relatively long uh, distance. Yeah. It's, it's like shooting. How do you aim? And now the question is psychological. Um, if you are confident you're going to make it, the probability that you are making it is much higher yeah. than if you fear you're not going to make it. Mm -hmm. Things like this, but I mean, this is a, just an example for many things in life, you know, if you, if you yeah. wish for something, it's, it's, the, it's the spiritual uh, dimension of wishing. You wish something. You, as Maxime, yeah. you might have some wishes. Yeah. Now, first, you have to, to check whether this wish is um, realistic. Mm. If you wish to become the next president of the United States of America or uh, uh, Russia or what is, whatever, it might, you might get very frustrated. But if you have a realistic wish, which is within your personality, and you start wishing it, and then you start, um, how do you say, manifesting it, and then you become convinced not without fear, but convinced that this is really the right thing to do. Mm. Probability is a bit higher that eventually you make it. And right. so you ask me what I do now in these times. Uh, on a personal level, very positive. I practice piano. I have a lot of time for my family. I can sort out domestic issues. Um, I can read much more. Mm -hmm. And so for me personally, it's going very well. Mm. But every second day, I'm very unhappy for those people who suffer so much because they cannot do their profession and cannot, how do you say, earn their livelihood. No li yeah, yeah, that's right. And I believe that um, we should be very careful with this virus. So I do not want to diminish the 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 the, the how can I say the uh, the danger. Mm -hmm. But I sh I I really believe it should be. I I really believe it is not a good idea. To, I I really believe it should be a taboo um, that people cannot earn their livelihood more, that people cannot earn their money or to yeah, make their living. I think this, this is too much. I think uh, the, the, the measures should be more sophisticated. And of course, we, we are now discussing in many countries whether the lockdowns make sense at, at all. And there's this famous study from the Stanford University with this uh, Professor Ioannidis, where they did a very, very in-depth research and found out that, uh, that lockdowns, I mean, really hard lockdowns, are not better. And they compared it to, to between different countries. But yeah, so on the personal level, very positive. And on the level outside, what I see and what I feel for others, I have a lot of empathy, a lot of empathy. Mm. And I would every musician who is suffering now, imagine all those young people, they, they are finishing their studies and they don't have, they, they have nowhere to go. That's they don't, they, they apply for, I don't know, there are no additions, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I also have some friends who who study and finish in studies and they are very 
very depressed about because some some people even cannot study because yes. university are closed yes and then there is nothing to do at all yeah yes but how do you see developing of your own career of the orchestra and culture in general um well my own career seems to be going well i'm happy um of course now i have to make sure that that after after this uh, uh crisis uh, things continue and that's enough work you know because uh, there have been many projects cancelled in the us and in the uk i had an engagement with the city of birmingham symphony orchestra that was cancelled this was in february i had another one in spain or uh, in madrid radio that was cancelled i had uh, my debut with the minnesota orchestra that was cancelled and you know it's not automatic it should be automatic uh, the renewal of this invitation or to postpone it to another year but it's not automatic it's it's uh, so we have to fight for every single engagement that's the one thing and then the other thing is i think uh, the general outlook is positive sure. and i would wish that everyone who is suffering now could start thinking of something constructive afterwards but i don't want to sound frivolous because you know um perhaps my personal position as you know i was very afraid of economic situation 20 years ago or so so i never spent i never spent a lot of money even when i had enough because i'm from east i don't know whether this is you know i'm i i never trusted things in this to to a degree that i could be happy as a freelance musician mm-hmm. so i spent much less money that i could than i could uh, pot- potentially uh, then i that then money came in so now in this situation it's the first time i i don't have so much problems which is mm-hmm. even for my standards uh, unusual but there are so many people who 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 don't do not know how to to pay the rent for the next month and then to 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 say uh, well think of the positive things in the future you know that sounds a bit uh, frivolous uh, you know but still uh, still i think the the human human humans live on hope and i think there's enough reason to hope I really believe I am absolutely adamantly convinced that classical music and music in general will be important also in the future. Mm. I believe there will be some time where it is not easy because I think some musicians will be thrown out. I think some orchestras will be shut down because the money isn't there. But uh, the need for classical music this is absolutely intact and other orchestras will open just think of spain 40 years ago they had six symphony orchestras now they have over 30 you know mm-hmm. and whilst they might cut one or two in 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 germany in in the country in europe where you have most symphony orchestras they open other orchestras in in other places so I think in general the outlook is 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 truly positive but yeah now we have to go through this crisis and I just want to support everyone who is who is not doing too well and and loses hope and and is devastated yeah yeah how, how do you think would the orchestra doing well solistes ever bands 
Well, we for for the time being we are in a, in a good good position. Uh, in general, Luxembourg uh, supports us partly, uh, and they have told us that even in this crisis, they are going to support us in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is this very bizarre situation that when a uh, when an institution with public money uh, does not spend money. Okay. No. Uh, so if we don't make symphony concerts, we don't spend money. Mm. Like many theaters in Germany, they are not in a bad position because as they are not spending and they get state from, uh, they get money from the state for those who are employed and don't work, uh, then they are financially even better off than if they had played. <laughs> it's not quite our situation in Luxembourg because we are mostly privately funded mm-hmm. but uh, uh, the health situation in Luxembourg looks positive and I think we are going to play in, in March from March onwards March, April, May, June that looks positive mm-hmm. so I think so Liste Européen Luxembourg are going to su- survive and, uh, and everything will be fine oh. <laughs> Great to hear. <laughs> And some last question as <clears throat> we are reaching the end. Where from do you get the inspiration and what can you wish to our listeners? You started this conversation by mentioning a violin player whose name I didn't know at the beginning and you had a conversation with him not just to be a fiddle player but also an artist. And I think uh, uh, we are living in a times uh, where our whole society is very fragmented into extremely well-trained specialists. And if you want to play the violin well, you have to be very focused and concentrated on one little thing. We should not lose connection with spiritual things, with religion or whatever you, you buddhism whatever whatever you you need in your life i don't want to uh, to push anyone into any direction yeah if it's zoroastra zarathustra uh, whatever you think uh, but i think a certain metaphysical component in your life is extremely important and the moment in your life when you have for the first time suffered an extreme situation you will be starting again to consider religious or spiritual elements in your life. And I think this is what I could, yeah, what I could tell everyone to think, to start meditating, perhaps just to breathe uh, and connect with something which is not fiddle playing and not every day's uh, news uh, about coronavirus and uh, stuff. Um, yeah, to, 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 to look beyond this very small circle, maybe family, whatsoever, you know. Very often we have so many problems in everyday life that we have a hard time looking beyond. But it's, it's very important. It's very important. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it was very inspirational interview. <laughs> And uh, very unusual for our podcast uh, because we usually have violinists. But you're a very interesting musician. It was nice to hear you, and I want to thank you, Christoph, for this 
great interview. Thank you, Maxim. All yeah. the very best to you and see you. Hopefully I see you soon and I really wish you and your, your listeners all the thinkable best. And if they, you reach a moment where you think uh, it's, it's, I can't do any better, uh, don't give up. Never give up. Never, never give up. Oh, well, a very good note to finish. So I thank our listeners and also wish to stay healthy and enjoy our future interview. So follow up our channel for this reason. And thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Cheers. Bye for now. Bye.